Oh, hello. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly, and I am Nick Flanagan, your titular host. This is the evening. Some might call it the late evening. I've been meaning I've been meaning to do this intro for a while, and now I'm doing it. We recorded this interview with Jamal Severin Watson uh, last Friday or something. And let me tell you, life just comes at you so fast these days. Next thing you know, here it is, Monday night, under the wire. Does that mean anything? Under the wire? Lombada-ing and then limboing past the finish line. Here it is. We've made it. Victory podcast interview released. Thank you to Andy Lloyd, super producer, for putting this together. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am your titular host. Did I mention this already? I cannot remember. My memory and mind is a sieve, which is being held by a hamster. They have small brains. Uh, don't have much really to say. I'm, I'm so wiped out that this is not going to be probably the most exciting intro. But let me tell you something. We are in a difficult time. Don't get it twisted. Don't let them lie to you. Don't be in fear. But don't. But think about a year from now and get ready for it. That's all I'm saying. And uh, nowhere is this more uh, pressing, at least here in Canada and very likely in the U.S., um, than with businesses. Um, during Ever since the uh, COVID pandemic left many a business unable to open their sweet, sweet doors, uh, that has been a humongous issue, especially with bars and restaurants. And Jamal whom I mentioned earlier, is the owner of a bar called... Well, he used to own a bar called Unlovable. He co-owns with all... You know, but he owns uh, a bar called Unlovable, which was my fave. Uh, total local. Classic local. And uh, a place I spent a lot of time at. And I've known him for many years. And I actually did a comedy show there with a former... NFW guest and human being outside of having been on the podcast, Stephanie Tolov, Steph Tolov. We had a show called Laughable and Unlovable. Oh, it was a joy. It was a hoot. We loved it. And we tried to remount it at Jamal's uh, other uh, cafe and bar, uh, Loveless, a year later. So it's been in two of his three bar incarnations. Uh, so good for us. And shout out to Steph Tolov. Great host, great comedian, great person. So Jamal also owns a place called Tommy's Wine Bar, which I believe opened right around the time of, of the pandemic and, and the lockdowns and all that stuff. So I thought it would be good. To, these are all in Toronto, by the way. Uh, Unlovable, unfortunately, is closed. But uh, I just thought he'd be a good person to talk to because... Um, He's one of the only people I know who's very active on Facebook in a way where he's kind of, you know, free free range writing and not really sharing articles. Like he's just saying how he's feeling every second, probably because he's looking at his phone or computer over there working at uh, one of his businesses. And uh, he's, he talks a lot and lots of other store owners and restaurant and bar owners around here are talking about what they're going to do. We recently 
shut maybe like where you live. We recently shut down a lot of uh, businesses that were open for a couple of months. That would be no in, indoor dining was happening. And now that is done. And indoor uh, drinking as well. And now that has been stopped. So bars are in a precarious situation again. I hate to say it, but it's true. And we need to remember this. And so I got together with Jamal to sort of talk about his thoughts on that. But of course, we took a minute to get there because I hadn't seen him in a long time. And uh, we talked a little bit about other things. Um, but that being said, you do get an idea of what's going on, at least in the city. And uh, I'd love to know what's going on in your city with, with businesses. So write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. And, and I'm serious here, if you write me with some business you want me to recommend, uh, especially a restaurant or bar, like I would love to. Just let me know and I'll shout it out. Weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Write it. Write it down. Um, so yeah, if you are in the city, definitely support Loveless, definitely support, uh, Tommy's wine bar and, uh, any other businesses you like, it's a bit of, it's a bit crazy, right? Like now if I go say to work at my mom's place in like an office set up, I'm like always going to, uh, Russell and still the coffee shop on Bloor nearby. Great coffee shop. They have great bond me. So I, I bring the, I, I get a bond me and I eat without touching my mom's fridge. Well, I still do, but sanitarily. And then, um, today I just went to Chevetta, which is uh, a great little coffee shop right by my house. So I mean, yeah, it's a time for us to conserve our pennies and you know, eat in and make our own food and stuff. But it's also a time to try and support business because they are really, really feeling it and their employees are really feeling it. So that being said, um, here is my talk with Jamal Severin Watson. When you had sent me this, I, at the beginning of COVID, I had thrown my phone at getting some bad information and I had lost... I did not have a phone, and I, and I got a phone, and um, a lot of the... I didn't know it was you. Oh. I've just been like, for like, since we were like agreed to do this, I was just like, I don't know who it is. And I'm pretty excited. <laughs> that's, that's, how, um, that's how much I need for content in my life, where but I was like... It, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I literally had a, I had like a, a, a thought, like a fantasy of like, what if I get like a canceled person I don't want to talk to? Right. And, <laughs> like how funny would it look like because the drama would be like why is Jamal hanging out with canceled people and I got you so yeah so you're even, good I'm, I'm not good. canceled yet hey hey give it some time man. there's always time there's always time nobody likes what anyone who goes out after 11 does if they're a man I'm actually mad at you for oh. going long without being canceled i really <laughs> you're out there all the time you know what if i'd been a bar owner um i think really it's just you know if like this whole thing had gotten rolling yeah. in my in when i was like active in bands you know then right. not that i did anything bad but i just think you know I'm every just... I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, i i just think that uh there's just a lot of Someone's calling me on FaceTime while I'm trying to talk to you. I'm sorry. Ah. Yeah. 
And it's not letting me decline. You oh, should wow. see how insane this feels. I, I guarantee you Toronto Hydro will call me three times by the time this is over. And it will, it's sunk, it, it's synced in. So like, if, if you see me yell, motherfucker, um, <laughs> this Toronto Hydro is telling me that I owe the money I don't have. Uh, um, moving on from... Uh, anyway, all I'm saying is people were pretty bad in, when they were in bands in the 2000 through 2010. Yeah, and then also like uh, if if someone were to say something about somebody and it'd be like, oh, wait, you mean that guy? That guy who just like crazily ran around without his shirt on, dumping on everybody. Right. And, and like and, and screaming like he did something wrong. They're going to buy it. They're going to be like, oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. They'll be like, uh, you know, that thing everyone passes around of the cannibal corpse guy being, or you know, like skulls and guns found in the cannibal corpse guy's house. Yeah. And everyone's like, who would have thought this coming? It's like, like Gigi Allen. Yeah. In person. Oh, on himself. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he injured people and was terrible to human beings. Right. I mean, I was hoping I could just enjoy him in theory, but now yeah. it's been ruined. <laughs> You mean he's really like that? Oh, wow. yeah. I mean, you know, uh, whatever, whatever, right. man, whatever, dude. Here we are. How's uh, how's comedy? How's that going? Comedy's. I'm. I do it virtually now. Yeah, I've been seeing that. Like, how does yeah. that work? Is that well? I've only really done. I think one like proper stand-up show on Zoom that was ticketed, oh, and. Yeah. Uh, and that was good. I was really surprised. I did like five minutes. I got paid. All the comedians I was working with were very funny. Nice. And other than that, I do a weekly live stream that's just kind of shooting the breeze. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's you, like perfect. Do you think like someone like Neil Hamburger, who you know very well, really needs to see the audience reaction to know if he's doing his thing properly? Well, yeah. Like I think the Neil Hamburger show that everyone might see live you would really want to have that be live you know yeah. because yeah. but i think that he's creative enough that maybe if he wanted to do something you know via zoom like it could be done but i know he's there's some kind of you know on cinema i don't know if you watch on cinema but that's greg turkington yeah. as well you should check that out okay tim heidecker and greg turkington i uh uh I know those both those names. <laughs> I've not heard the comedy. <laughs> but I will check it out. I need content. I need everything. Okay, well, first of all, yeah. this is take two. Can you say your name and occupation? But this time it's for the purpose of the listener and not a sound okay. check. It's uh, Jamal Ryan Severn Watson. I am the uh, one of the owners and proprietors of Tommy's Wine Bar. That's at uh, 1977 Dundas Street if you're in Toronto. And also, if you're also in Toronto, 1430 Dundas Street is Loveless Cafe. Um, I've worked in the industry for about uh, 10 years. Uh, 10, 10, 12 years as like an owner. also owned The Unlovable at one point. Yes. Is it still yeah. called The Unlovable now? Uh, the people who took it over, very nice people from Ted's Collision. It's called Hanks. Hanks. Oh, my God. It's the people from Legendary Toronto Bar, Ted's Collision, one of the first bars. Okay, that's we, cool. It's uh like that's like I guess like the yeah no I went to, I used to work on College Street and we used to go to Ted's all the time and I was super happy that they were the ones that purchased it so and they're 
I guess I don't know how well they're doing because uh, who is? But uh, the place looks great, and uh, you know, listen to that. Um, I heard that. Well, hang on. I'm going to get back to unlovable talk, but I just want to let you know that Ted's Collision was one of the first bars I went to as a kid. They had awesome. Not as a kid, but as a uh, young legal guy, right. and uh, they oh, had 20. twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty yeah. twenty one years ago, and uh, there was really great pinball there. Yeah, and also it had a trick where as the night went on, the music they played uh, would get louder and louder, to the point where at two o'clock you just had to go. Right. Do you remember this? I um, I, I think when I went there, that wouldn't deter me. No, I don't think it deterred me at that time either. But yeah. as I yeah. aged, maybe, it, and then I you'd go back there. Like that was what place I would go back to probably when I came back in twenty after twenty eighteen a couple times, and and it was the exact same. Yeah, it yeah, it doesn't. Great. I think good bars do that. They don't change too much before we get back to unlovable. But uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, like we used to go, I used to work at this place called Patina and I was a busboy uh, at the beginning of it. And uh, it was one of those places where everyone you were serving were clearly had more money than you. Uh, and they would they would, they would would fit very well, but still not enough money to do anything. You know, when you're just trying to power drink and, and, and get, that was, Ted's Collision was perfect because it was across the street and we used to run there and we all had to wear our, we had to wear red shirts for some reason. Because... Mm-hmm working that was a uniform so it would be 17 like you know it'd be like like six or seven people at the same time every night going into beds <laughs> i love that yeah it was, it was silly do you know once uh this this past christmas we were in new york and we would go to this bar called rudy's maybe you've been to it it's got like a pig outside of it it's in hell's kitchen kind of near times square they give okay. out fr- free hot dogs right and um it's very old this bar yeah. and the hot dogs probably and why not yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and we went in there and there was one of those like fa fao schwartz toy soldier guys like in his oh. costume having a beer and a hot dog probably it was <laughs> very seasonal and beautiful you know is it like did, did he was he having a beer <laughs> There, there are two times to have a beer if you look, you're wearing that outfit, and it's either if you just got done or if you're just going in. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, like, here we go. <laughs> or if you're on break, frankly. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of times you might be at a bar with that job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you said, I have to go pee. Like, don't even count this as a break. <laughs> yeah. Just don't rewind up yeah. Or if you said, I can't find my son. <laughs> I need to urgently. That would yeah. count as a break, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I look. I know I look like a soldier, but I have to leave now. Or this woman just asked me to help her find her son. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those. I just had that the other day. I was in Hyde Park. I was, I was, I was high. I was stoned, and I was walking, and there was a guy behind me, and he had a dog, and in front of me were two kids, both on their bikes. You know how Hyde Park always has, like, the cars going? Yeah. And there's, like, anyways, I realized that the guy behind me was the dad. And the two kids in front of me were his, were his kids. And I was closer to them. And one of the kids, the smaller kid, starts taking his, his, his bicycle, like, into the road. 
and his mm. brother had them, and I just made that split second idea that I was the closest adult to these kids. Right. Also, was in no way having any part of helping. Like I was just, <laughs> I was just too stoned. Like I didn't want that to be. I didn't oh, want yeah. to be a kid. Like I was like, I will have to do something. Luckily, the brother grabbed him and like got him off the street, and then the dad screamed, and everything was fine. But is it, my uh, best life was. Is, ah. is it abuse if the dad screams at a kid who almost went out on the road to get hit by a car? Uh, I don't think. I think everything leading up to it was negligence, and then <laughs> <laughs> the abuse. <laughs> So you're saying the abuse was actually related to the negligence. I like that. He's yeah. canceled. Dad's, right. dad's gone. He's out. Dad, canceled dad. White dad? Yeah. White, white dad? He, he was a white dad, yeah. yeah. Did it look like a same-sex partnership? I'm not saying. I don't know. He was by himself. He was with the dog. I don't know. <laughs> but moving on. I'm just saying <laughs> there's things that might stop the cancellation here. <laughs> you no, know what didn't. I mean? Like in rap, think about the imagine a number of tr like things <laughs> that might result in a cancellation if it was like I don't know Milkbone or or right. what's what's his name? Um, you know the guy who hung out with uh, Slim Shady? Um, <laughs> Doctor Dre, <laughs> <The> white guy. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Dre. No, I'm not kidding. There's no double standard. It's, no, it's, it's just rap. I think no matter what the color of your skin, if you're in hip hop, there's yeah. like an element of like gl glitz and glamour to negligence. Or if your piece. idea was if he was black in the same sex marriage, <laughs> forget it. His kids could go anywhere. Sure, I, he, he probably wouldn't have yelled at the kids. I mean, frankly, he probably would have been in one of those three-person bikes with yeah. the kids. I'm just gonna say, black dude in a park. There can only be one. And that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's a okay, so <laughs> what? So you're done. So I, now, I, I think I. I, I <laughs> I don't even think we got to a question. I think I canceled myself. I think no, I just... no. I'm yeah. certainly the canceled one here. Okay, fair enough. Yes, I am the canceled one. You're not. I'll tell you, Jamal. This is not what's going to get you canceled. Your, right. your, your, your thing where you're a bunch of people's bosses at yeah. a bar. That's possible cancellation. I got nothing uh -oh. to do with that. But anything today, it'll be me that gets canceled. You, unless you start uh, saying some crazy shit. All right. I'm holding, I'm holding you to that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely employing people is the closest, the easiest way to get canceled. It's, really, it's really nice to see you, man. It's great to see you as well. Yeah. Um, it's, okay, so how can I help? What's going on? Well, I'm going to just run people through a bit of history with us, like Jamal. Yeah. You know, we knew each other. And then Unlovable. Lovable. Saw each other more. Unlovable was a local haunt for many. I lived down the street when he first yeah. opened up. Yeah. And sometimes a bunch of us old friends would even come on uh, Christmas. Was it the day after Christmas or Christmas Eve? One of those in that dead zone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There was like a Christmas Hang Eve. Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. And I, I would watch. It must have been the day after Christmas or something, because there were a, one once, maybe even twice. I watched Die Hard over at your place. We we did the Die Hard, yeah. We did Die Hard every 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 Christmas. Yeah. 
And uh, Steph Tolev and I hosted Laughable at Unlovable for quite a few years at Unlovable. Yeah. It was at one point, I believe someone said to me, no, that can't be right. How's she doing? <laughs> she seems like she's doing great. She's gone back to Los Angeles. Nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it right. nice to do? I mean, is it good to do that right now? Like she came back because yeah. it seemed like the world was ending. And then she right. was like, well, I got to do a taping or something. And then she went the hell back. If, if the world was ending, I, I, I would say if I had an option of being in L.A., I'm probably going to probably take that. I mean, that was my thinking when I was in L.A. I was like, oh, I'm here when Trump wins. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Like, I'm in the belly of the beast here. I'm like really experiencing, you know, performative sorrow on a yeah. level that I hadn't. Because it's not just sad people who didn't want Trump to win. It's like actors and comedians who didn't want Trump to win. And those are the kind of people who are just like, they've basically stopped being actors and comedians yeah. like ever since Trump won. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I lived in uh, Atlanta, Georgia for the last two years of Clinton. And mm -hmm. all eight years of George W. Bush and left before I even got to see Obama there. So it was like, <laughs> I only got like, uh, I, I got nothing but the, the bad stuff. So Yeah, that's rough. I mean, yeah, you I mean, know. I thought it was bad at the time, but apparently it was. Uh, a better okay. time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was a better time, honestly. I, I mean, this, be this is the problem. It's like, we're all like. Oh, you mean like that thing where Joe Biden was like really harsh on like Anita Hill or whatever, and yeah. uh, or uh, the super predator thing that was maybe not him, but it was like Hillary Clinton Hillary, before, yeah. and they, like, yeah. What was the really thing you said? When I see a, a young black male, I see an apex predator. No, I didn't. I did. Did she say that? I think she said that. Like, I know she said, we came, we saw, he died about, uh, and then laughed about Gaddafi in a oh, very okay. famous uh, clip. You can oh. watch. Um, but, you know, I'm not here to uh, try to get people to not vote for Joe Biden. I think they should definitely vote for Joe Biden. And <laughs> To the 40 uh, people in America, no, sorry. I, are, are, I have 40 listeners in America, at least, okay. and one in Scotland. People have listened to Japan. Are you American uh, citizen? No, I'm not. I am not. That's a, that is a, I would like to, I, it, it won't matter. Someone will come up to me eventually. I was born at Mount Sinai Hospital. Mm, um, very in cool. Toronto. I moved to the States when I was, it was funny, when I was in the States, I was a Canadian kid. Right. And when I moved back to Canada, I've become the American. I've never, at any point, <laughs> been where I was supposed to be, like, at the right time. Um, so that that's been weird. Did you take a shower? You, did you take a shower between when I talked to you? Like, are you wearing a hair net or something? No, it's just my beanie. Oh, it's you're a, wearing a hat. I just couldn't wearing, see. I shaved today too. I don't know why I did that. I'm so, so glad you shaved. You look great. I never I, see you like this. It's my cool. my girl. My 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 partner. She looked at me and she said, "I hope that grows back by the time I get home." Justina that's, that's, Zatzman. Yeah. I yeah. probably shouldn't include her name in that her whole name. episode, uh, but it just says that on your thing. Yeah, yeah no, I'm a good boyfriend to have. You, you were I, like, oh, let me just talk to you on my iPad. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if it's your iPad, man. I think she signed it. You know, at the beginning of COVID, everyone was doing Zoom every like two minutes. So like, it was just yeah. us like, always Zooming. And then I think like maybe five months ago, we just... 
Like I've not, I haven't zoomed with anybody in a while. It's been wow, this is cool. I'm glad we're zooming. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so laughable was a great time. Yes. It was fun. We appreciated you giving us the space. No problem. Uh, we had. Uh, who is the guy who played? I feel like Jermaine Fowler, who's like super funny, did a set there near the end of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had Arthur Simeon was a crowd favorite, and uh, Scott yeah. Thompson. And Scott Thompson, Chris Law came and did a few. Billion, yeah. Deanne Smith, Tim Gilbert, uh, James Harden. You. Harden, I did too. You did stand up at it. It was like. Oh, uh, um... Gilson? Of course, Gilson Lubin did it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, saw a lot of funny people. There were a lot of funny people. It was a really great night. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you always had, like, <laughs> come in and be like, yeah, we got, like, 20 people doing sets today. It's like, like, <laughs> like, 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 oh, I, the place is full. It's like, oh, everyone's doing a set. <laughs> I try, yeah, don't worry. They're only giving them, they're, you're only giving them two drinks each. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, we sold 40 beers. Like, you know. <laughs> No, I think no. we I think we made it work eventually. I think no, yeah, that we, we sorted out some sort of mutually beneficial. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It was uh, yeah, it was good. It was it was good for the uh, for the space. It was good for culture. People, I, people I, for, like, for the for the culture for, for the, the culture. scene. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Unlovable was. Uh, would you say it was a bar that was for the culture of the city? Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a. It was a bar made by people. Well, made. It was a bar made by people who had no preconceived notions of how bars work. So, <laughs> it did its own thing. It did. It's, yeah, it was like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we we made a lot of mistakes because we did, but we 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 were, I don't know. It's kind of like we we learned how to walk a different way than most bars. And I think that's what people appreciated it. It's kind of like I feel like. At the end of it, more I, I would see bars that reminded me of the lovable when I go out in some way or respect. Yeah, and I think that's a nice thing to see. I mean, I think it means you've done something kind of cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was something that happened when you opened the bar with, which was what, 2010, 2011 or something? 2010, yeah. Yeah, yeah because there were bars in that area of Dundas and Ossington. If people don't know it, it's an area that started blowing up around then. It's the area I grew up in. And yeah. if you were born at Mount Sinai, I don't know. I can't remember where you grew up in the city. Were you north? I, up, I was all over the place, but it's only five years in Hamilton, but it's mostly in Etobicoke. Yeah, right. So you're a west side Toronto. Yeah, Damon Finch. And then I, I went to high school and escaped. Um, but, but you, sorry, right. go on. No, you but go yeah, on, when please. We in, it was like, uh, when we got in there, the only place was like the Hen House. The Hen House, which was a, a bar below my uh, where I live, pretty much, and um, started by former members of the band The Organ. Yes. Uh, very, I loved the Hen House. It was like, yeah. it was an extension of um, this great thing Toronto had where there were just like really like queer uh, LGBT like event yeah. spaces way outside of the gay village area, you know, which yeah. is something that that guy Will Monroe um, yeah. helped promote and his right. crew. Uh, yeah, no, it was like that, like those places. Yeah, it was just like weird because. And Communist Daughter down the street, I think that yeah. was the other one. And well, and... when I was there, like no one went off of Ossington, like you know, like well, because we like when I worked at Sweaty Betty's, and the first place I ever went, like not the first place, but. The first like non Queen Street West, non Ossington, like 
Like, no one even used to go that far west. I mean, well, people I knew. No, no, they didn't. I mean, it was like basically College Street and Queen Street were, were places where people went to bars. Yeah. And, and over the course of, like, the mid aughts or whatever the first early 2000s you know like i'd say 2000 by 2005 maybe that was when ozington kind of started having something communist yeah. daughter opened a little later yeah. and um i mean i don't know if you remember but in toronto we used to have to go to like wherever i, I don't I, was, I didn't move back till 2000 and Seven. Yeah, so there was a few places or places that were a little neutral but had like really good dance nights. Like there was say the Queen's Head was a bar on, on Queen Street that had like really good dance nights even though it was just kind of like pubby, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there, yeah. yeah, but then yeah, by two thousand eight, two thousand nine there was like more of a bar culture going and that I guess sent a lot of people in their mid to late twenties down a brutal spiral if they didn't own the bar or work at the bar yeah you can you can, <laughs> i'm doing silver october and it's like crazy uh how much i would drink and go out i mean even pandemic whatever but i'm just like it's uh kind of weird just thinking of it in that way like uh-huh like how, what i would normally be doing in this like this october i've never done one before oh wow like, yeah, like I've done like a January, but like this is like a weird one just because I was like, there's shit to do. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to spend my money. I might as well just like sit around and not drink. And I've been microdosing a lot though. So. I see. Yes, that's yeah, something that's, maybe that should happen everywhere. Everyone has I, to do it. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Hey, oh, thank you for listening to this interview with Jamal. I am just enjoying it very much. I'm listening to it at the exact same time as you. Every step you take, every move you make, every watch you break, I will be looking at you. That is Sting said it. And I say it now. I am Sting now. I'm Sting now. I am feeling bonkers and only you can help me. You've got to give me money for the candy budget. <laughs> no, I look, if you, I, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Some of you listen every time there's an episode. It's crazy to me. I'm, that makes me, fills me with joy. And I hear from strangers, people I've known for a long time and haven't hung out with, friends. Like, it, it, it's incredibly amazing. And uh, if, uh, if love were a currency, well, let me tell you. We'd be way over our funding goal over here at NFW Industries. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you, there's no but. You're doing enough just by listening to this. However, which is the same as but, but I'm just going to throw that in. If you do want to tangibly, visibly, performatively support the podcast, um, you know, subscribing is incredibly helpful. Uh, rating it on iTunes so people see, oh, it's a real good one, eh? Uh, and reviewing it so people know why, oh, it's a really good one, eh? Um, those are great ways to do it. Um, if you if you don't really want to uh, help out with, with dough, with cash, which I totally understand, you should be spending it at restaurants. And uh, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. That's K-O-F-I. I will never know why 
they didn't pick a name that what you know it's kind of like it sounds like a different word uh, it sounds like a similar word and also there's a dash in the middle so hard name to remember ko-fi.com slash you can leave um one-time donation so you can make a one-time donation or support monthly i'm like way overdue to update the thing i'm not even gonna lie to you i'm trying to put out at least an episode a week but sometimes it's like three or four so hopefully you think maybe that's enough but if not i mean i really it is a goal to just get you as much extra stuff as possible and i do have some extra stuff as well um so yeah, you go there or patreon.com slash But the cool thing about Kofi is that it doesn't really take any fees off the top. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I said a bunch. I took your time with asking for dough slash dosh slash moolah. And now back to my talk with Jamal Severin Watson. Thank you. Um... But yeah, like, so what's been going on since the pandemic? I mean, that was the the hook of why I wanted to talk to you was just like to find out what the hell a bar owner has to deal with in, let's say, our city obviously is where you're working. So, so you can talk about the, yeah. uh, you know, um, details of what we have here. It's probably not that different from other places but but what's been going on man how have you been holding up how how are bars holding up what are the people saying uh uh i would uh okay well my the main thing is a three-legged dog still walks you know it doesn't really something happens and it doesn't mean like i i, I get things are closing and people can't make it and that's terrible um obviously uh but the, you're going to hear it a lot, and people get annoyed by this word. But we had to, uh, had to, we had to adjust. We had to pivot. We had to change. Um, it's been, you know, it's a little battle. It's a challenge. I will say, like the one kind of nice thing was like, okay, like you remember a few years ago at Unlovable when we got shut down, and um, oh, well, many years ago, but we got shut down because we had too many people in there, and it was, uh, it was a. It was a, a mess. and That was got, a mess. I do remember yeah. that. That was brutal. We got busted for overcapacity. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> so we would have to keep the door, like, at 30. And people would come in and be like, it's like, hey, we can't let you in. We Like, we're at 30 people. It's like, I've been in here when there's been, like, 90 people, which was true. But, <laughs> the, but like, no one was really, like, they were just, like, mad that they couldn't get in. The, the big difference between this... Well, not the main difference, but one of the differences in this situation is everyone understands why they can't come in. You know, everyone understands, most people, 99% of the people realize that it's nothing personal, it's not malicious, it's not like we decided you and not you. It's like we're, we're all under the, we're all dealing with the same thing. Right. So, that's, so that kind of uh, empathy and understanding is uh, going a long way. Um, it's... I can't speak outside of Toronto itself, uh, but I will. Um, I will say it's been when when it, you don't want to ever talk about things you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And so, like that's you. I do, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't about, about you. Yeah, right. I don't want to talk about things I don't know about. But the thing is, when I hear the um, people who are making the decisions talk, it becomes really apparent to me they don't know what they're talking about, and yeah. the people who are making decisions don't seem to have a good 
gauge on what's going on, uh, that gets really scary very quickly. Um, well, well, do you want to just like uh, maybe quickly uh, get people up to speed on what uh, you know the authorities have kind of decreed or whatever for and for people's information there's been three stages so to speak yeah. in in toronto's um pandemic response stage one is when we got all stay home nothing but essential businesses are basically open yeah. uh stage two is kind of the same but there's like takeout or something yeah and, yeah can, and yeah, yeah. and stage three was like you could dine inside it, it, it's kind of dumb stage three was like okay almost everything can happen again it's like well what can't there be stage two and a half which is what we're basically at now is shit right. got, got real now we're at stage a modified stage two they call it so nobody can drink inside of the bars anymore right and uh nobody can eat inside the restaurants anymore but you know, there's still it's it's warm enough relatively for patio stuff. I'm assuming takeaway drink purchasing yeah. is still a thing. And what else? Um, yeah, that's that's basically that's basically yeah. It's uh, yeah, you can you can do all those things. Like you can still so right like basically just so everyone knows like our numbers went up. It spiked. Um, and then like you know try not to talk about the six months that they said this was going to happen. And then when it I happens, it, they don't seem to have an idea of like how to. Absolutely infuriating. Yeah, it's so it's, like, it's the most frustrating thing about the Canadian response is that for, foresight is so important. Consultation yeah. seems like it would be so important, and somehow we're all surprised when this happens again. And everyone was like, "It's going to happen again in winter," and yeah. it's like. I worry so much about the businesses. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. Go, no, go no. on. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I worry so much about the businesses. Obviously, I don't want people to get sick. You've uh, been very public about not wanting that either and following rules. Um, and, I, and I've been frustrated, too, because I think a lot of businesses, I would say 95% of especially the food businesses uh, or drink businesses, service industry, is super careful and follows things and then there's five percent that are in very predictable areas that would have such high turnaround and such huge profits and they could not bear losing them uh that they do either the bare minimum which isn't safe or go past the bare minimum which is really fucked up but and i'm like well why haven't people de devised a means for people in bars for bars to survive right now that aren't nightclubs that aren't don't have a big capacity, don't have an upstairs patio. Sorry, uh, just repeat the last part? Well, I, I just mean, like, for bars that don't have a large capacity, for bars yeah, that yeah. don't have an outside patio, uh, yeah. or, like, a big outside patio, like, what's what's the solution? What do people want? I mean, what are the capacities of, of, of your uh, spaces right now? What would they, like, it, do you have patio stuff, like? Yeah, like, like, well, yeah, like I do, like, in, you know, just to get back on the point of like the people who do mess up, like, is, and I hate to, I'm not like trying to harbor on this or make it a bigger issue. It's always kind of, you know, it's been weird to me, like, you know, in any other sort of thing when, you know, 5% of whatever industry does something wrong, like, you know, if 5% if of the police force, like, <laughs> messed up, and you wouldn't close the whole, the whole, all the, you know, all the police. If five percent of doctors, you wouldn't close down. The, but 
if you know, like, right, like, I agree, like, 97% of the people I know do their best to make, and then somebody does something stupid, and it gets on, you know, the Instagram, and comes to the mayor's attention, and it's like, well, we're shutting all this shit down, because you guys don't know how to act on, you know, a handful of, as opposed to just finding those people and being like, you're being dumb, right, uh, when it comes to restaurants and whatnot. And instead, it's like everyone gets closed down. But I understand you need to, like, they, they, they say that, you know. But I was, I was listening to one of those guys talk, and they were just, like, they just got the idea that they were just, like, we just discovered that, you know, 40% of this workforce has jobs in other restaurants. And so they're going from one restaurant to another restaurant. And then after, they have drinks. Like, can you believe it? And I was like, I hope you didn't pay anyone to tell you that information. I could have told you that. And like these are like the smart guys in the room who are just figuring this out. Like they said, like they were talking about like super spreaders of some sort. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, no one has a decent wage. No one's like making enough. Thing. It's not uncommon for people to have multiple jobs in the same industry or well, this industry specifically. Not and, like, at all. Yeah. yeah. It's like people they work just... restaurants. They work bars. Yeah. People work two bars, one bar on Thursdays. It's, you know, right. it's and they're going around and they're like and like they're these guys are just getting this idea. Like, like I was like, guys, like that's not new information. It's like the fact that you guys are just figuring that out. lets me know that you don't really know what's going on. What and... about after hours? I mean, that's the problem is just like, you know, there's no question. If you close down places where people can drink, people will still yeah. congregate and drink. That's... People are going to, yeah, people are going to drink anywhere. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> so they, I was like, I know, I, I, I know one, I know one person who had gotten COVID and, uh, I, I, he, he, he partakes in the, like, the after hours and was like, yeah, like, I guarantee you, like, that guy's not writing his da- name down for a contact tracing. There's not, like, you know, it's like, whatever, like, they're just. I mean, the contact t- contact tracing here is, like, the silliest thing. Maybe there's places that do it legitimately, but I went to Popeye's, yeah. forgot to get me to contact trace. You go, I go to, like, a thrift store, a very yeah. famous, well-known, famous thrift store, <laughs> <laughs> really popular and you walk in they've got like a sign-in sheet no one's signing that sheet yeah no the, well and then the other thing they did where they went from 10 people like you could like you oh could the get, bubble yeah the bubble like well yeah you could have 10 people inside their house and then they raised it to 50 and then i hear one of those guys being like well now contact tracing is impossible we can't get in touch with 50 people i was like do you think that maybe what had happened was is you you open it up to 50 people and now if one person has COVID, now you're calling 50 people. Like you guys made that rule. Like we didn't make that rule. Well, this is the problem, right? Is, is especially in Canada, I found that like rule breaking is like really shame related. Yeah. yeah. You know, you shame people for rule breaking, but if things are not specifically the rules, you know, and people right. just, people just take advantage. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. they'll like like we have the streetcar. There's no or the bus. There's no sign that says please line up in an orderly fashion. Yeah, you know. So a lot of the, they've kind of fixed it lately, but it, it was it was bad. The common, trust the, the common sense of the rule, like the the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, are two different things. And the... I I also blame customers. You know, uh, like I think that that businesses can only control. Uh, what's directly in front of them and uh, and you know the individual is the one and this is this is the contradiction of the bar thing which is like yeah I'd love I I want 
not people to be inside necessarily, but I want my friends' businesses to survive. I just wish people didn't make such poor decisions when drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and that includes I, me. I, yeah, I wish people would get drunk and act better, honestly. I but, bet you do. Yeah, that would be, be a dream of mine. You've probably um, seen and done the worst things I've never imaginable. seen one person become oversensitive and <laughs> silly and mean and and, and and smell just like mysteriously yeah. smell yeah yeah and just uh <laughs> keep like kind of the eyes just dart around the room um but yeah like I, I but when yeah when it comes to certain places it's just i especially i thought with like the last six months it would kind of have gotten it together because a lot of this stuff has to be to me like case by case almost and i know it's a lot but like Comparing the communist daughter to like the dog and bear, as into the idea of like, like, because we were trying to. Communist daughter small, dog and bear large. But I feel like you made people feel that without me having to say it. Yeah. And the, the, I hope I did. The idea that, uh, because like, you know, if you come into one of my places and you go, okay, well, everyone's got to be six feet apart, I get three tables out of that. That's why we never left phase two. Because. Right. If we did that, it's just be like, well, like for what? Like maybe an extra. Because I, I, anyone who knows this, people at Loveless, uh, especially, they like to use their computers. So they can sit there for like <laughs> hours and have like a tea and keep on asking for hot water while they write the next great American novel, which they're right. not. Because um, <laughs> they're Canadian. Because they're Canadian. <laughs> they're, like, they're and they're bad. Like, also, they're yeah. bad. You and know, bad. I can't tell you. The difference in clientele between night unlovable people. Now, some of the most horrible people in the world I saw at unlovable. No offense. But good, tip. <laughs> good tip. Those are the good tippers. Yeah. But, but you went from running a bar where people are tipping you a buck pretty much, let's say, 70, 65 to 70%, 75% of the time on a given night yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, to a place where they're ordering a tea. Right. Look, looking at you, waiting for you to tell them the Wi-Fi code yeah. without them asking, not tipping, and sitting down with their computer for the day. Uh, they uh, sometimes like like opening the beer is relatively it's very easy, and you always get a buck for it for some reason. Yeah, um, I put my heart and soul into a cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. It's yeah. way harder to make a coffee these days. You gotta put cardamom in it. You gotta bash the flax. You gotta get the my nutmeg. Hand, my hand is burning. Yeah. You have to watch to the temperature above the espresso machine. You know that little. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty like a fucking design in it, trying to make latte. Art. Right. Someone's BLM like, in yeah. the cream. Someone's just wandering around like, oh, I'm like, hey, you. This thing's dying or anyways. That's, yeah. But uh, Oh, thank you. I love it. Can you put that in a to-go cup now, though? Yeah. Actually, I'm going to be here for hours, but I might step outside for some air. Right. I'd like to just dump it in. Like, can you just, uh, I'll just throw a lot of sugar in it. And, like, uh, yeah. potentially- this is making me nostalgic, by the way, the idea that people are sitting down in a coffee shop writing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that since March. Uh, for anyone listening, as a rule of thumb, your barista does hate you. <laughs> it's, they're never happy to see you if they know you're sitting there. You think uh, it's bad here? You should have seen Los Angeles. It was a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's where I got the idea. I thought it would work. Um, but like, <laughs> just, 
but no, like just I'm just saying. So like we never and also I didn't want to leave stage two because I didn't want any of those computer people to be sitting in there. I, that was like my passive aggressive slight on them mm. <laughs> to not let them have the three tables. Uh, I did all that. <laughs> but no, like I'm just saying, like it didn't move the needle for us, but it would be really helpful for people like the bigger places. And sure. There was no, there was no small place. Um, like, you know, you would assume at that point, if you have a small place that seats like under 30 or under 60, and I'm not saying I know this, but like maybe, maybe since they have all those records at, 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 at uh, that place on Coxwell. Anyways, I just thought like maybe they'd be going through it for the last six months and then finding all the places that are under 60. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the 40 grand that the government gave us as a loan, uh, that was something that was for small businesses. Like, if you talk to somebody at a bigger place, forty grand might do, might do a month and a half. A month and a half for them, it's like nothing. Like they yeah. don't, they don't want it. Like I mean, they don't want the debt. They're like they're organizing something else. Whereas forty k is going to do really well for me. But you know, if I'm closed for two months and I can't have anyone in there, and we have to close at eleven, and people can only sit outside. I don't know how you expect me to pay this shit back. But what is going to happen in the winter? Like, this is the question. Is right now, it's uh, the end of October, pretty much. Yeah. And, like, last couple week and a half of October. Uh, we're very lucky. The weather's been all right. It's been, people can still sit outside, sort of. And uh, hopefully that sustains until maybe, maybe you could even say December. I mean, let's... First Early. Yeah. yeah. In answer to your question, what's going to happen winter is what's going to happen every winter. It's going to get way too cold. It won't matter how many heaters you have out there. It won't matter what. It's just going to be shit. Like it all. It is every year, and it's going to be that on top of, you know, growing case numbers or you know. A Most likely, hopefully not. Yeah. But I mean, oh, but, you would predict that the winter would would uh, cause yeah. a situation like that. A likely, like you know. I, I, I will I will say this I I, I work on a semi healthy healthy paranoia of mm -hmm. like you know trying to keep myself healthy like and like you know it's flu season like every time I had an employee that sneezed the other day I was like well you got to stay home till you figure that out like if you <laughs> or whatever like but you know until we know we don't know so I, I I hope really I hope what happens is I I heard that they're gonna they maybe have a test that will take twenty minutes. I think that's a good indicate. I, I hope that happens. I think that would be really good to to know if if you have something, if you have the sniffles or if you have COVID. That's a good thing to know because mm -hmm. they're kind of the same. Oh well, not but you know some of the things. I've had the sniffles for years, Jamal. Right. Yeah. Uh, for many years, I had the sniffles every Friday and Saturday night. And, <laughs> <laughs> but then your nasal <laughs> cavity collapsed. You yeah. had to get the Humpty Hump nose. And ever since then, you've been good. Bar Oni. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think what's going to happen is going to be what normally happens, but like with this situation that exacerbates everything. So I just think it's going to be really, really tough. And, you know, it's going to be hard to remember what we like about this city and what we like about going out because we're not going to have any of those things. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of like, uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's going to be like a lot more closings for certain places. And I, I, I just really think a lot of it, like I, I, I hate doing what 
like Monday morning quarterback it, but I just really thought after six months of knowing that this day was coming, that there would be more of a plan in place. And, and, I, and I have to say, I got to give a little respect to uh, our premier, even though I hate to do oh, it. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm just going to say this about him. Whether good or bad, he shows up every day and does like a 15-minute thing. Like, you know, even if he doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever. Like, I feel like he's like trying to tell you something. No, okay. I mean, you know, it's like uh, there is a difference between Doug Ford and Donald Trump. Yeah. And I, I think it has to do with the amount of money they have you know yeah. and Doug Ford because he has less money than Donald Trump is he just feels like he's a different kind of people pleaser than Donald right. Trump you know and it's been a mess and he's a mess but right. I can't I, I think that it's it's been um, okay like I don't think he's he's I think this is a hard situation to um, be too yeah. judgmental of, like, certain aspects of politicians. For sure, yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of, like, trying to figure out testing, trying to figure out schools, that's very complicated questions. Um, yeah. Now, trying to figure out bars, trying to figure out how business can sustain itself seems like it would be, in a lot of ways, a much more – how to find out how independent businesses can can sustain themselves. Because to me, it's like when I saw people skirting the rules or just being on the line, it was actually most of the time the big box stores. And, and uh, like they were just like, what's the capacity? What's the official capacity? Okay, it's 200. All right, then 200 people come in here. Whereas, like, I think an independent business might cap it, you know, just out of paranoia. But it's like, uh, so so I, I think that that's what I'm wondering. Like, can't people band together and get their voice heard? Is there any action happening at, at this point? Because it's easy enough for everyone to go, like, you know, as individuals, boy, I wish they'd done this and that. But, like, you know, you have stakes, like, all the different, you you know, you have stakes and you can't eat, cook the steaks because you don't have the steaks if you don't have any money. You can't buy steaks. <laughs> we don't have any steaks. I will say this, and I think this is, uh, and this is something I've kind of learned, like, and I, and it's kind of for better or for worse. Um, uh, for, for many years, and like, like when you talk about like the galvanizing one voice, um, and like usually it's like kind of done through the BIA, which kind of is like. The, the business, uh, the business, right? Local the, business they, associations, they, yeah. But, um, like as far as like Helder, yeah, Helder, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but um, oh. but we never really, for whatever reason, our small businesses and small restaurants, and because I get in honestly, it is a pretty cutthroat. As much as 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 well as you wish, everybody, you want yourself to do as well as you can too. So, so you, you want really, people to close? No. <laughs> 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 Some people they no. can't they can't drink at their own bar if they don't have a bar. Yeah, they gotta uh, go to your bar. They gotta go, but yeah, it's just kind of like we just never communicated like that, and I think that might have been like kind of one of those short-sighted things. Like no one ever thought this was gonna happen, but I kind of feel like uh, since we didn't talk a lot, us trying to get together and like getting us all in the same room and trying to be like, hey, like we need this or whatever. It's like hasn't been like really easy. I don't think anyone's even like, in, especially in our BIA, like we're just going through through our, our uh, through the deputy mayor, deputy mayor and a bio is like the person that we have to talk to, and she can only run it up so far. And like I don't think half that shit leaves her her table because she knows it's not going to get done. And 
But like I've seen with like the, the, the gym guys, like all the gym guys got together because they were mad that the people like were like big fan gyms, but they're allowed to, if you're doing like dance choreography, you're allowed to do that. And now like, but the dance people got like 40,000 signatures together, like all of them. You know, like, we got to do some shit like that. We got to do, like, a petition, I guess. But I do not But what know. would you petition for? Well, like, you want to petition... Like, I think the only thing that we... any Like, if anyone just asks me, and I can only speak for myself, all I want to do is not pay rent right now. Because it's the one thing I can't afford. And, like, I don't mean, like... Yeah. I'm not saying, like, I... Like, I mean, like, not paying. Because the thing is, I, I won't have enough later either. Like, you know, like, I'll see what I can do or whatever. Like, but I mean, like... Yeah, alone, like, you talked about receiving yeah. $40,000. It's right. like, ultimately, it's like, if you don't make $40,000, you know, anytime soon. Right. On a good year, I'm not making $40,000 profit anyway. Yeah. So I don't really know where that's coming from. So that's all my extra money. But, like, I think all, like, we... All I, all I really wanted was to, during these unprecedented times, to something had to happen. It's like, well, I'm not open for two months. I wasn't open for two months because like that's when we were in phase one. It's like, you guys are dictating what times I can be open, how many people can be in there and all this other shit. Like you're not giving me anything to like, to, 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 to make, uh, to make, to make the rent. And like, I just want to say this one thing about the rent thing is uh, at the beginning of this, they, made a rent subsidy and they let the landlords, the landlords had to apply for it. And I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, why aren't these landlords taking this rent subsidy? And I was like, I'll tell you why. It's very easy. If you own a restaurant or a bar, that landlord has no reason to apply for that rent subsidy. It's actually better for him, for you to hold, like close your doors. He gets a liquor license. He gets all the equipment. He gets like all of that stuff. And that's right. more than him paying 25% of rent. And anybody who's ever owned a bar could have told anybody that letting the landlords make a decision that was going to affect like the, the tenants in it was a bad idea. And now yeah. when they run up the new they, they they run up the new rent subsidy and now they're giving it directly to us because they know that the landlords weren't taking it. But once again, no one asked anybody in the industry. It's just a bunch of people who don't know anything about it. Like they, they don't know, like I've not seen, I know they have economic advisors, but when, the, when Doug Ford does his thing, it's like, you know, fair enough. It's like the doctors and the doctors, that's good, whatever. That health, health is the most important thing. But all this other stuff is like pretty easy to fix. And I feel really bad for the people who've lost, uh, who lost their, investment and their dream of having a restaurant or a bar because of the because of the fact that the government wasn't the government just did the wrong move and i think it's yeah. awesome like dude just give me the money directly i'll pay the rent well but, the other reason i think subsidizing look is canada has this thing in my eyes of um half measures you know yeah uh, we got healthcare. We don't have dental. We don't have ice. You know, we got, uh, or we don't have, and we don't have prescription money. Money, you know, unless you're on like ODSP or like, you know, whatever you'd call it, Ontario Disability. Unless you're on yeah. disability, and um, that goes down a lot through the line. And now we're at a point where it's kind of not going to work with like straight up half measures because 
you know, on the one hand, to Americans, it seems like, wow, they're doing wage subsidies for businesses. 75% of wages are covered. You know, they're doing this loan. You know, they're doing, go on and on. And it's like, yeah, but we're still screwed. You know, yeah. like, it, it's like, ultimately, less people, even if you gave complete freedom to a bar, less people would be going to this bar in right. a pandemic. It's like, sure. I totally see, in a way, why gyms and cinemas are angry because they were one of the first things completely restricted in this change because people are so freaked out of gyms and movie theaters that nobody's going anyway. So they're actually safer. You know, people, I don't know about gyms, yeah. but I know cinemas. That's that's pretty much yeah. the case from what I've heard. People are, yeah, people are freaked out. Yeah, you go, you go to the movies and, like, there's, like, there's 10 people in a 200-seater, you know, like. Yeah. Finally got a, it's like a Larry David dream. Um, but, yeah, with masks on, probably. With masks on, yeah. Um, Jerking yeah, so, off. <laughs> finally. Um, <laughs> Ultron. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I kind of, like, I definitely agree with, like, the pick a lane because it's kind of like they went half in on health and half in on the, the economy. Which and is, they, yeah. And they just screwed both of them, kind of. Like, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's just like, we're in this, we're just in the same position. Like, people are still kind of scared. People really don't know what's going on. And they still don't know if they're going to make money. And they don't know if they have a job in the next week or two. And yeah. it's just like, so it's like, you know, like, if you're just, if, if you are really that concerned about health and safety, then just make it so people don't have to, like, go to work or, like, or leave their house if that's possible. If it's not, yeah. and you want to, like, you want to do economy, then if you want to say we're going to, do it then do it but like do something like, you know like yeah kind of you know trying to get the seesaw right in the middle is kind of a yeah thing, so. then you're both up in the air and you got to jump down and you break your yeah, crown yeah. right and someone yeah someone always hits their ass and yeah and did you you with uh the whole uh the, what do you call it the george floyd and i mean it goes on with the whole blm kind of yep. um re-escalation you could call it uh the spotlight going back on that um you put a sign up you changed Lovis Lovis's name right yeah well yeah we changed it to love us which was right. uh, I, I was watching the um i was watching basketball and like uh actually that dude i'm oh, sorry Kemba walker i was watching the game it was uh, boston it wasn't where they were playing the Raptors, so I wouldn't do that. But uh, the NBA had approved like seventeen logo, like seventeen things you can wear on the back of your shirts, shirts. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. one of them was uh, "Love Us," and you know, it's called "Loveless." So we changed it and put the BLM to you know. It was, it was, it was it's, it's such a, it, 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 it's such a terrifyingly surreal thing to be, you know, a black male. And then also to be a business owner and to <laughs> employ all these white people and just, uh, just trying to been there. Sorry, I, I'm right there. I've been there, man. Yeah, That's... yeah, yeah. It's just so it's kind of like yeah. I, mean, I, I am none of what you just described. Never been a white employee. Never been a black business owner. <laughs> you're, you're an entrepreneur, man. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just, but yeah, no. It's, it's uh, it's just was I wanted to do something, but I just didn't want to like be like BLM and like just leave it like that. And, like went through a few different protests and like got together with some people and it just kind of came and like people like it, it's just I don't know. It's just one of those things like you got kind of speechless about it because it's like God, this sucks. That I'd even have to do this. 
but yet we're in the situation where we have to do this in my well, free yeah and and you've witnessed um in a weird way a version of like northern I don't want to go. Oh, you've witnessed northern racism and southern racism, oh, but, but have you witnessed northern? And when I say northern, I mean great white northern, and oh. uh, you know, and and of course Atlanta. But maybe Atlanta is different because it's primarily you know an African American city, and so Atlanta, Atlanta is 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 fine and great. Uh, you get you get the Alpharetta. You get like you get Jamaican Georgia. You know, get twenty minutes outside of Atlanta. You're 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 watching a little bit closer to what's going on mm -hmm. it's definitely different out there um i don't know if you're talking about the thing a few years ago with the proud boys oh no i wasn't i mean yeah you oh. guys kicked a proud boy out but i actually don't even like but you know i mean you guys i thought it was great you kicked someone with the proud boy shirt out of the business to me that actually transcends like i mean of course it was a person of color who kicked her out you know you're you own the bar uh, you kick this guy up, but but um, I was meaning more just like as a black male in um, maybe in a position of ownership, maybe yeah. just in Canada, like what that experience uh is in terms of feeling safe, in terms of feeling othered or whatever, you know. Um, that uh, the racism here is so uh polite <laughs> it's, yeah it's like like i'll take it <laughs> like you know like okay <laughs> like that person's gonna make me jump through a few more hoops they probably shouldn't but i'll take it um right yeah that that that's i've never really i was always especially like the first uh with unlovable like you know i don't like i don't know in like in which ways like it's just like everyone's like <laughs> you know how portuguese people are like white <laughs> I've noticed that, yeah. Yeah, but have you ever heard a white person talking about a Portuguese person? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like yeah. they're talking about the Jews. Yeah, they got like problems. Yeah, no, it's. I yeah. mean, you're, that's my thing about Toronto is I think that we're like such a diverse, uh, multicultural city, but there is um, this kind of like anecdotal racism. If that yeah. makes any sense, cultural, like anecdotal cultural stereotyping, you know, right. which is just what we see, you know, uh, entire cultures because they move, people move here and, yeah. and, and adapt, like just are like, okay, this is like the Eritrean, we're going to open a few Eritrean cafes around here is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. And so you get to see what like a Eritrean people like hanging out around cafes is like, yeah. you know, at least in Canada and uh caribbean places same you know and and um and because of that people go oh you know like it takes a long time to order at a jamaican restaurant and uh such which is not i've never said that uh they, make they, that clear they're usually cooking your food it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i mean oh, or they're taking a very long order from the person in front of them that lady keeps kissing her teeth at me it's like well she didn't want to make the food right now <laughs> so you gotta you gotta you gotta roll the punches. I am, um, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't find the I, I find the racism here to be. It's kind of like it's so weird. It's like it's always been funny. White people get so mad about shit that black people just they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how it works here for sure. The yeah. white people are like, Black Lives Matter. I'm gonna go maskless to the hospital to scream Black Lives Matter. Is there a black section in the hospital I can scream my solidarity into? Right. <laughs> And most of us black people are like, I gotta go to work. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go to work. I gotta go worry alone. 
<laughs> yeah, I actually yeah. don't really need to take your worry and stress on as well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Chloe, you got this, right? Okay. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'll be over here um, trying not to get my head bashed in by the police. Jamal, um, I, I got to go eat now. I, go should, eat. I gotta go, but uh, thank you so much for for giving a on the ground update about what's going on uh, uh, I would just like to, with your places. Yeah. One thing before you go to eat, I would just like to. When I was a kid, and it was really really cold, and you'd be walking home in the winter from school, I used to tell myself that the next step I would be home. Like, and I even though if I knew it wasn't true, but eventually, I'd be one step out of my door. And then mm -hmm. I'd be in my house. And I think everyone's got to remember that eventually we'll be one step out of our doors into our houses. All things must pass, and good memories last are more easy to remember than bad memories. Definitely. All right. Thanks, man. Let's talk. Love you. Love you too, buddy. Peace. This will never be delayed a day, right? Okay. It's never getting released. Just kidding. <laughs> It'll be out like tomorrow. I don't have any interviews in the camp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. See you, Jamal. Well, well, well. Have we come to the end? We have. That was my talk with Jamal. Jamal, Severin, Lockdown. Uh, good pal. Glad we got to chat. And again, Tommy's Wine Bar and Loveless are uh, his spots. So feel free to support them and really support like your neighborhood businesses like crazy and don't tell anyone i said this but avoid the big box stores if you can don't don't tell anyone i said this but avoid the big box cars stores <laughs> avoid the box car stores no avoid the big box stores because um you know they have a lot of business anyway my messages are going off and yeah if you want to support nick flanagan weekly i being nick flanagan the producer being Andy Lloyd. Uh, you know, subscribe, rate, review. Patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. Kofi.com slash Nick Flanagan. And uh, stay safe. Have a great time now that you're finished listening to this. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, God. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.